and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. I didn't, I'm sorry, I couldn't read it. You did it like almost, I was like, it's like, it's like the audio Bible. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Bible Gateway. Yeah, like the, the book on tape for you. Was, I'm sorry, I didn't. Dude. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nobody's hot. Like in my mind, I love looking at everybody's body. I like it really, really. Thanks. I do it a lot. Okay. If you want me to read this section, then we can kind of work together this section. But I don't You can start, though. Okay. Um, I think it would be good to spend some time looking over that chapter and, and answer two questions. Um, the first is, like, what does this passage say about God himself? The second is, what does this passage say about what God expects of me? So, spend a little bit of time pouring over what we just read and try to answer this question. We're hearing them say some people, some people believe that the resurrection um, already happened, and it's destroying people's faith. Because I, I think I know people who believe that, um, 
And it took me a second because I was like, wait, Jesus was resurrected on the first day, but you know, not actually so familiar with it later. What is he talking about? He's talking about the resurrection on the, on, the, on the final day. So when Christ returns and redeems the world, okay. there were false teachers that were saying, well, actually, we don't have to hope for you. That already happened. The foolish and stupid argument seems to be fairly at home to me, or rather have the stupid and foolish argument about them. Saying this, like, if you indulge it, you become more and more ungodly. Kind to everyone. I wonder how we came to this uh, regardless chatter. Regardless chatter. I've wondered that a few times too. Where do, where do where does like appreciating our gifts or appreciating like the minutia of life or like the smaller things? Where does like appreciation become like heresy or obsession or like overly like focusing on like our own self pride or vanity or like the things of this world, like even to the point of like maybe even school and like policies and stuff like that we deal with on a regular basis so much more time into, like, where do we draw the line to, like, godless chatter and respecting, like, the life we've been given yeah. and, like, trying to find where we can, like, reach out to people yeah. and do the mission. Because if we're not supposed to deal with civilian affairs, I think we're raised in a society that doesn't put up a lot of attention on that. So I think there's probably a ton more stuff that we could call godless chatter mm-hmm. that people focus on for most of their lives without ever seeing the mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I struggle with that because, like, especially being here, like, I want to love people well, and like, I want to see people like come to like have a deeper like intimacy and relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, it can be so very difficult for me to be to sit with people who are just talking about absolute nonsense. Like, <laughs> like it is so hard for me. Like, people are just like playing a game for like four hours, or like just hanging out for like four hours, and they never like talk about Jesus. But yeah, I know that we all call ourselves like Christians. Like it can be so hard for me to sit there and like want to hang out with people like that. But I'm like also like called to like love them. But it can be like that's one of those things where I'm like, Lord, like show me what it looks like to cultivate like this a relationship and like intimacy with someone where it's like, because there is 
there is like a difference in just like I'm not just gonna go like some people it's like yeah you can walk up to them and immediately go there but some people like have you have to cultivate that trust and like and so it can be like I can feel really guilty like if I just go and hang out with someone and we just like go get food and like we just go and then hang out and like do nothing and like I and but then at the same time like when I'm with and I have a relationship with people who are like we just we hang out and we're like yeah we're talking we're joking we're having so much fun but we're also talking about the Lord and we're reading like randomly we'll be like oh yeah the scripture was so dope or like listen to worship music like it feels so fruitful but it's like we're also having fun like that's where I'm like I want everything to be like this but I know like every relationship's about like that so it is like where is this like and it's I feel like it's so hard on a Christian campus because it's like where is this like intimacy and growing trust in relationships and where is this just like straight up indulging in godless chatter yeah and i think i think where some people falter is like some people think they need to save like the entire campus yeah but if like even just our group just pour into one or two people exactly yeah. like you could like it i recognize that if you try to help everyone like the time that it takes to cultivate relationships can be cut short for many people yeah
it's something that they are, when you go to a Christian college, you expect to hear the gospel. Yeah. But people don't have like gospel inside of them, or like they're not, they don't have those values built up inside of them. Especially if they're just sent there. Like if their parents are like, oh, good college, Christian college, sent there, then, you know, they're being taught the gospel or taught these things. But if their heart isn't open to it, like teach them now. And most people, even like chapel isn't enough. Like it is something that's there for people to hear it. It's there for people possibly to be open, but it's only really touching a few people, and that's enough people. Like, if it's even one person that gets moved by chapel, like, that's enough, but, you know, most people, for them, that's not enough, and we have to find ways to, like, reach people on a relational level, um, and that is very difficult, especially for, like, like, I feel, like, very socially awkward around people, so I have to, like, I am person, you are a person, I probably care about you, but it's still hard to talk to you, and you probably think I'm weird, and, like when I first thought about coming here, it probably sounds really stupid, but I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to a Christian college, so everybody's going to be Christian here. But like I was just saying, that's really not true. Yeah. I don't think, also, I, like, I don't really think it's a bad thing necessarily, because this is, I feel like, we, I was actually thinking about it today. There's like, um, it seems like, you know, there's like Anderson University around here which and like Bob Jones, which are also like Christian colleges. But, well, I mean, they are. Yeah. And they actually seem like, as far as like on campus and stuff, like they have a much more overtly Christian sort of like, vibe. yeah, vibe. Um, but I think at SWU, part of, I think, Exactly like that. People are coming here to like in like a Christian influence environment, um, which isn't like. And we have athletics, so it's not as a, like abrasive. Most of them come here. Like forty percent, I think, come for sports, really? which is pretty incredible. I think, as far as like, I think any effective place to actually reach people can't be. Like homogenous, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a sermon right there. But about another thing, so it seems like um, so avoid godless chatter. I don't think we're really so the verse immediately after that is so avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And their teaching, their teaching will spread like. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who is who is it? It's, he, I think he's talking specifically about, and actually, it's kind of weird. To me, it feels a little bit like theological debate. It's like when they're talking about avoid godless chatter. I know I've spent a lot of time around people who <laughs> debate theology all the time, and it becomes almost like. Mm-hmm. It's a sport. It's not about yeah. God. It's about like Dang. arguing about a subject. Yeah. And I feel like that could be sort of the more meaning yeah. here. Than it's almost like heresy. Like pretty much like avoid heresy in a sense. Like if you're putting it in the context of like the next verse. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about teachers who false teachers. The two guys mentioned. Um, who are arguing a lot about stuff and 
I also looked up the commentary. It was like, he's telling Timothy not to fight with him, which sounds about right to me. Because um, <laughs> he, like, later goes on to say, like, and this is so pow- this is really powerful to me for me to read, but um, the Lord knows those who are his, mm-hmm. and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Mm-hmm. And how, like, it later goes on to, like, mention, like, in a large house there are articles, not only for gold and silver, but also for wood and clay. And then how some will be used for special purposes and some won't. And, like, that's the whole, like, Romans 9, the apostle, like, expands there, right? The whole, like, potter's display of, like, some are made for, for good use and some are not. And so it's, like, but it's just this evidence of, like, the Lord knows those who are his and we who are his are being sanctified, becoming more like Jesus. And it's just, like, also, it's like, I had this conversation with someone, too, that was, like, um, she was just like, well, I thought all you had to do was to go to heaven was just say, you believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the Lord. And I was like, dang. <laughs> it is like, all those who call upon the name of the Lord, like, shall be saved. But it's like, this is one of those verses where it's like, everyone who confesses the Lord must turn away from wickedness. And, like, the evidence, and, like, how it later goes on to say, like, um, like, that God would grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Like, when we gain knowledge of the truth, like, we repent, we turn from our evilness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also just, like, verses, like, 12 through 13 are also just, like, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, what does, like, we will also reign with him? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's just great. Like, verses like that, I'm like, literally, what does this even mean? Like, we're seated in heavenly places. Like, what does that even mean? And I like it. I like 13 where it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Yeah. That's crazy because it's like. It's So, verse 12, no. If, if we disown him, he will disown us. And which is hard. But it's true. It's like, it's like don't deny Jesus. But then it goes on to say, and if we are faithless, and that sounds pretty faithless, he'll still be faithful to us. Yeah. 
watching. There also is um in chapter three, verse two, it talks about all the different things that he would be like. Um, but in regards to the desires of these Israels, that's what I have a lot to say about um, <laughs> how fickle the heart of the young are and how like we need instruction to be right. We have no desire within us until we have the law. Uh, no desire within us until we are disciplined to abide by the rules of our parents, definitely not by our creator. Um, so he's encouraging not to indulge this, gotta do it all, gotta see it all, gotta feel it all, um, which is something that our culture usually falls into, whether young or old at this point, really. Thank you. 
for me. Like, mm-hmm. the Lord, like, in verse 4, like, how we're, he's, like, the Lord is referred to as our commanding officer, and then later, in verse 21, like, he's referred to as our master. Mm-hmm. This is just something that, like, continually, I feel like, will come up for me, is, like, like, how the Lord, like, who is God? Like, he is our master. He's our Lord. Like, Jesus is our Lord. Mm-hmm. He's our commanding officer. And it's, like, um, sometimes we have this, like, concept, I feel like, where Jesus becomes our Savior for a time, and then, like, later on, like, we make him our Lord. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, the moment we take, like, he becomes our Savior and our Lord. And it's just this idea for me, and it, like, always comes back to this for me. It's, like, how can I call him master if I don't obey what he says? It's like faith without um, works. It's like you have to believe that he's God to, like, like first you have to have faith that he exists to, like, obey. And if you truly believe, then you will obey. Mm-hmm. 